Hello, Chris. Hello, Sharon. How are you? I'm all right. Good. How are you? I'm good. Today's a pretty good day. Yeah. What do you want to banter about? This seems so forced. I was trying to make it not forced. It does. I'm excited about, I'm getting excited about all of the visitors that we're going to have this summer. We are going to have some visitors. We had visitors last summer, which was amazing. And we get a whole different group of visitors this summer. And I'm super excited about it. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And in the next couple of weeks, too. Yeah, well, it starts on Sunday. We'll go to the park to visit with our friends on Sunday. But then they're going to be here Tuesday. Sure. And then family comes on Thursday. Right. And then Miss Jen comes the weekend after that. That's going to be a good It's going to be amazing. I'm super excited about the summer. And then you have a trip. And then some of our North Carolina friends are coming to visit in August. It's going to be a fun-filled summer. I'm super excited about it. It is. Yeah. Me too. It's going to be fun. So this week's episode of The Crown. Mm Mm-hmm. Season one, episode six. How do you say that word? Jellignite. Oh, thanks for looking that up. I didn't look it up. Oh. Do you know where I know that word from? Where? A Flogging Molly song. Really? Yes. That doesn't surprise me somehow. Jellignite will blow us all to hell. Oh, is that what they're saying there? It is. I never knew what that word was. I couldn't come up with what the name of that song was. That's so funny. I didn't know what that word was. That's what it is. Well, gelignite is a high explosive made from a gel of nitroglycerin and nitrocellulose in a base of wood pulp and sodium or potassium nitrate used particularly for rock blasting. So this week's episode of The Crown, gelignite, Mm -hmm. is kind of all about Margaret and her scandalous love affair with GCT, Group Captain Townsend. Oh. Call him Pete. Fair enough. <laughs> right. So that is explosive. The newspapers are explosive. Right. The spoiler alert. The well, let's not get into it yet. Okay. No. Let's sp- um, cancel spoil. Alexa, cancel spoiler alert. I'm sorry. I can't help with that right now. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's save that for just a couple minutes because okay. we're going to get into our episode. Season one, episode six of the Crown Cast, resting incredulous face. <laughs> That's well named. That's what I came up with. <laughs> Margaret does spend a good deal of this episode with her mouth hanging open, going, Really? Well, and I, I came up with that title when we were in the dining room with. Liz and Philip. Mm-hmm. Margaret spills the beans, and Liz is just like, "Oh, <laughs> how nice!" Well, and as Philip said, "You didn't see that coming, right?" Totally tr time. Get yourself a crown to shine. Can be made of anything. Flowers from your best friend. Homemade links are. So let's 
let's see. We start with there's some coronation events happening. There's some sort of race spectacular. Yeah, on the, that's on the, the, TV. the coronation derby. Okay. I suppose <laughs> you might know more about that than me. And then we get right into the love affair between Pete and Margaret. Yeah, we open. The two of them are watching the coronation derby on television. And then we quickly move to the journalists in the press room starting to talk about, I guess, the one press dude saw Margaret flick a piece of lint off of Pete's uniform at the coronation. The the other guy, the editor, kept calling it fluff. Okay. Uh, I thought that was great. Like, yeah, let's not print fluff. Let's like, not print fluff. Is that where this expression comes from? That's pretty funny. Fluff. Yes, fluff. Jesus, Bill, I thought we did serious reporting here. Yeah, the 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 journalists, the newspaper dudes are totally catching wind of mm-hmm. uh, Margaret. And I really loved how the journalist showed the editor just how intimate oh, that, that little touch is. What are you doing? Get over me. Fluffing your lint. So to speak, <laughs> it's actually really pleasurable if you just submit <laughs> and, and go with it. <laughs> That's so I've heard. And then this was oh, this was great. They um, I don't I don't even remember what the phone call was about, but there's this whole montage about placing a phone call from oh my god, one part of London to Buckingham Palace, right? And the switchboards involved and the butlers that are in place to announce the caller right to answer the call to then finally hand off between the two participants of the phone call and margaret was probably only calling from like across the street or down the block what was that i i wrote down the phone call but i didn't write down who it was margaret was calling queen elizabeth to set up dinner for the fourth oh right 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 yes yeah so margaret has something special she wants to announce right and i did notice that liz was wearing that beautiful little flower brooch again the one that her parents gave her when prince charles was born and i thought that was super sweet her mom sorry not her parents but right um i think that's super sweet i like how they're treating the jewels in the show the same way that queen elizabeth does like she's known for certain things that she wears over and over again right her favorites and i I, I like it that they're doing they're paying really close attention to that in this show and i love that that's good it's it's interesting because that's something that doesn't particularly appeal to me Mm -hmm. like i'm noticing the jewels and and the crowns and the, the tiaras yeah but I don't spend any time on what they mean, where they came from, who likes what. It's not something that interests me. Right. But the production quality of the show, mm-hmm. it's nice to to have confirmation that the show is doing their damnedest to pay homage to this practice of, of the royal jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, it reflects well. Yeah. And then we had that quick little bit where they were at the boys club Right. And the guy was showing slides from Cairo. Yeah. And Prince Philip asked what the Arabic words were. Yes. And it was death to the imperialists. And that was the only time they talked about it. Right. So I'm sure it will come up again, which is why I kind of wanted to bring it up, even though it was only a little two minute scene. 
yeah, it's it going to come up again. It's a bit of a throwaway. And I'm kind of wondering if a lot of Philip's stuff in this episode is not really throwaway, but it's it's really set up for later on. R- sure. Sure. So they're setting up the Gentleman's Club. Right. Which in British society in the 50s, I guess, sounds fairly upstanding. But it's, a, you know, it's a big room full of guys drinking and smoking and laughing and making inappropriate jokes and ogling the waitrons, the, mm-hmm. the waitresses and... Talking about their exploits and locker room talk. Yeah, this is going to get cringy soon. Yeah, it is. And they're setting up the colonialism, the imperialism Mm -hmm. that is not going to last forever in the British Empire. Right. So, yeah, they they have the phone call and then Margaret has a dinner date. She wants to invite Peter Mm -hmm. Townsend. And do we go to the dinner next? Is that where we are? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So at the dinner, it's just the four of them. It's Marge and Pete, Liz and Philip. Phil. <laughs> That's fair. And Margaret asks Queen Elizabeth if she and Peter can marry. And Liz pretty much says yes. But if it's what you desire, more than anything in the world. As your sister, I'm never going to oppose it. Okay. Is what she says. But Philip isn't convinced. Yeah, not really into that idea. And he doesn't, he's not a huge fan of Peter's. He likes him as a flying buddy, but I guess that's about it. Right. One of the things he said was he had some kind of breakdown during the war, which I caught. I don't know if that'll come back. They mentioned his Later, war service but, uh, a couple of times in this episode, and at least one of one of the times they mentioned it as sort of heroic. Right. I guess we'll hear about it later, but I don't know what that's about. I don't. Um, we'll see if we hear about it later. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Sure. I can't remember. But they continue to discuss as they prepare for bed, Elizabeth <laughs> and Philip. The the dressing and undressing scenes always crack me up <laughs> because here you've got this couple who are married, right? Who are also the most powerful people in probably a good portion of the, of the world. world. Yeah. And then you've got these two servants who are helping <laughs> them into their night clothes <laughs> and just listening to their sort of quasi argument about whether or not Margaret can get married. Right. And I mean, come on, that stuff has to get out of the castle. Of doesn't it, does. it? Of course it does. Come on. Like if I was in that position, I'm like, I'm going to call Lorena and I'm going to tell her all that shit. You know, don't tell anyone, but I mean, I'm going to do that. If everything that you heard in the Queen of England's bedroom leaked out to someone, you might be a little suspicious. Maybe they're not allowed to have friends. I mean, when would they have time to have friends? That's true. They're 24 seven, aren't they? They kind of are. I hope that pays well. I did notice how Philip put his dressing gown on over his pants and then took it. And then his pants dropped. That was kind of funny. Well, and it's like, he's kind of undressing himself and just throwing his clothes on the floor. Right. And his manservant is just picking (laughs) Picking up up afterwards. Ah, the life. And then they retire to their separate bedrooms, which is so weird. It is kind of weird. I mean, not for them. It's not weird for them. Apparently it was not weird for most upper class Brits in that era. Sure. Apparently that was a thing. It was said to be practical. People felt that they slept better alone because you don't have to worry about someone flopping over on top of you. Right. Or whatnot. Poking you all night. Yeah. Philip actually doesn't even live at Buckingham 
anymore. When he retired, he moved to Sandringham in 2017. But they do have four kids and they've been married for 71 years now. So maybe separate bedrooms work for some people. I mean, maybe after 71 years, they've been married. 70 years, like the secret to marriage is living in a different house. (laughs) Well, after we're married for 71 years, maybe we'll give that a try. We probably won't have a choice. <laughs> oh, we'll be dead is what I'm I, trying I to get, say. I get that. It's funny that you're you're the morbid one this week. <laughs> it doesn't usually happen. So then we're back at the newspaper. Yeah, the free press versus deference to the crown. Oh yeah, it's always the story, isn't it? Fake news. And after talking to the owner of the newspaper, Tommy, it's, it appears that he started to go to talk to Margaret about it then. But she was having her big celebration, bit of a shindig. Mighty fine shindig. So Tommy went to the Queen Mom. Yeah, I kind of noticed that up to this point in the episode, we hadn't seen any of the former parental figures. It had just been the kids. Right. I mean, I guess Tommy was sort of an advisor to a parental figure to King George. Right. But the people who are doing all the action, the people that it's all about, it's the young ones. Which we're going to get more and more of as we go. Well, sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, And I kind of like that. It's like, you know, let these characters sort of stand on their own. They they don't have to sit in the shadow of the older people who have started to die off. Right. But then we get to the Queen Mum and Tommy informs her what's going on. Right. And it's like she turns on her queen mom voice. Right. Right. Like now it's time for me to to go talk to the queen. And like, what's Elizabeth supposed to do? Like, she's the queen, but this is her mom. Yeah. I mean. You sort of have a decision to make. That's I mean, how do you feel? It's your mom. Right. You're the queen, but it's your mom. It's your mom, dude. Think back to where when she first ascended to become the queen. Right. And all of her family had to bow to her. Right. Had to curtsy. You know, it's, it's quite a different situation now that she is the queen and she still has to listen to her mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You always got to listen to your mom. And Tommy comes along and gives... Liz, a history lesson on the Royal Marriages Act of 1772. Yeah, I got Royal Marriages Act. Didn't write down the date. I think it was 1772. I could be wrong. Whichever. I may have misprinted. 17 something royal babble. Blah, blah, blah. Which means until the age of 25, any member of the royal family must get the sovereign's permission to marry. And I guess the idea behind it really is that if you wait until after you turn 25, then it sort of indemnifies the monarch. It's not their problem anymore. Right. It's like renting a car. You got to wait till yeah. you're 25. Yeah. A little bit if, of interest. If you huh? want it to to be all good and proper. Fascinating. Yeah. Is that still a thing? You must be 25 to rent a car. Okay. I was going to say it was when I was, when Katie and I were 23 and 24. Right. Yeah, it's still a thing. We got Paul to rent cars for us. It was awesome. Also fair. He was a good guy. Still Still is. is. It's funny when we finish each other's sandwiches. (laughs) I can't believe it took us that long to throw that in. (laughs) Finally. Yes. Um, 
Oh, I, I, I made one comment in here. There was a really beautiful edit. The paper has come out. It's the next morning. Right. You know, the, the paper has come out. They've written the article. There was all this, you know, hullabaloo about writing the article. And they sort of stopped short of doing the swirling newspaper. <laughs> like in Batman. Like in Batman. <laughs> but still, there was sort of a montage of like the paper <laughs> getting done. Anyway, the person delivers it to Tommy in the morning. Uh-huh. And then there's this great edit where... We're looking at Tommy. He picks up the paper. It cuts to reading the paper Mm -hmm. and then puts down the paper. And there's Tommy standing looking at the queen. It was really beautiful. Oh, neat. It was done really well. It was quick, but I really loved it. Wow. Yeah. And then that's when they decide to ship him off to Brussels. Yes. They have decided to send off GCT to get him out of the way. Mm -hmm. Queenie is, is trying to be sort of nice about it. She yeah. doesn't want to upset no, her sister. It's her sister. She loves her sister. Sure, she does. She wants her to be happy. And so they're trying to be sort of discreet, and she's throwing towns in a bone and says, Hey, come with us to the Northern Ireland trip. Mm-hmm. And then when you get back, y'all can hang out and then you can go live in Brussels for two years. Right. That's the plan, anyway. To see if Margaret cools off a little bit. Right. So Tommy and. Queen Elizabeth did get some FaceTime while they were in Northern Ireland and they attend a state dinner where we get to have some tiara time. Tiara time. Tiara time. Insert jingle here. Totally tiara time. It's tiara time. I really do hope we get a tiara time jingle. I do too. I really do. The tiara that Queen Elizabeth is wearing on this state dinner trip is a very popular tiara. It's Queen Mary's Cambridge Lover's Knot tiara. Ooh. It was made of two older tiaras and some other jewelry in 1913. You see, kids, when two older tiaras love each other very much. <laughs> very, very, very much. When it was created, it had upright pearls on it, and those were removed later. So What's there's an upright pearl. So there's pearls that are dangling between all of the Cambridge knots, and then the original one had has pearls on top of it, all the way around it as well that stand up. But those were so removed. Like, fit in, into a setting or something that sort of holds it up. A, a, probably a pin. Oh, okay. There's a hole in the middle of the pearl. Got it. With a pin through it, and that pin is stuck down into the top of the... Understood. ...tiara. And those came off, were removed later. Um, But Liz wore it a lot, this tiara a lot in the 50s. It was loaned to Princess Diana and became one of her signature pieces when she was a part of the royal family. Though she did complain that it was too noisy because of the pearls dangling and bashing up against the diamonds. It's such a... It's so hard to be you. It's a big problem when you're a royal. I guess. So it was only loaned to Princess Diana. And after the divorce, it wasn't seen again until 2015 on the Duchess of Cambridge on Kate Middleton. So I really like seeing Diana's things that were favorites of Diana's. I love seeing Kate Middleton wear them. It makes me very happy. Sure. I feel like her legacy is being passed on. 
So one thing I noticed there was a great there was a great little bit of stock footage of the plane when they were getting to uh, Northern Ireland. There's stock footage of that plane on a taxiway from the 60s or something. Oh wow! And then they cut to the modern real life either replica or set or whatever that they've built right. for them the plane that they're getting in and out of. Uh huh. And that was that was pretty. That's good. pretty funny. But it was totally stock footage from 50, 60 years ago. That's really adorable. Yeah, that's very cool. I think since you mentioned the the set, this might be a good time to answer some questions oh, that yeah. we had last Let's week. Questions. Um, what are we going to call this segment? Like, what what should we call this bit? Tiara time is a great bit. Tiara time's great. What do we call listeners? Call in. It's usually your questions, though. It's true. Well, the two or three times we've done it, we don't do it every week, which well, is fine. I don't think we have to do it every I week. I have another question then. What do we call this segment? Oh, well, we'll answer that next week. Tune in next time. <laughs> Unnamed question segment. So the question last week was, where do they film this shit? Oh, yeah. Especially the palace, specifically right. Buckingham, palace Buckingham Palace is what you were asking about. But so, when you said something about the airplane, um, they do set up sets for those kinds of things. For the airplane or for the palace? For the airplane, private quarters, interior of a private jet, the cabinet room, the exterior of 10 Downing Street. Those were all studio okay. sets. Places that have doubled as Buckingham Palace uh -huh. include Lancaster House, Rotham Park, and Wilton House. I don't know what any of those places are. I'm curious if it's because of their actual similarity to Buckingham Palace mm -hmm. or if it's just because they are palatial sort of residences that yeah. can pass for a palace. You know, any place that has two bedrooms with a huge dressing room in between will probably right. suffice. And for Westminster Abbey, Eli Cathedral and Winchester Cathedral stood in for the Westminster Abbey shots. And you know what? I think they put a lot of film footage in last week's episode of the, the like coronation. coronation stuff. I was looking yeah. at that. I was trying to look pretty closely at yeah, that. Yeah, I think they threw some, some of, of that in, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I was looking pretty closely at the footage from the coronation stuff and... I think you're right. I think there definitely is some stock footage in there, mm -hmm. which is great because it lends a lot of realism. Yeah, to the authenticity. Scene. But then they're also they're also definitely all, all the shots where they want Liz's face in it. Sure. They're they're definitely using modern footage and, and mm -hmm. aging it. Mm -hmm. I would say if they're blending old and new, they're doing a really damn a really fun yeah. job of it. Yeah. So still in Northern Ireland. Can I talk about another jewelry thing real quick? Yeah, we, yeah, go for it. Because I've always wondered about this and I didn't look it up until okay. tonight. A lot of times at state dinners, the queen and other people will wear like a blue sash. Oh, okay. And on that sash, she wears two pins. And they had pictures on them. And they have pictures on those. I noticed those. Those are royal family orders. Okay. These are portrait pins. With a silk backing and the tradition of giving these to female members of the royal family as a personal gift began with King George IV. Queen Elizabeth received one from her father 
mm-hmm. George the Sixth, and she received one from her grandfather, George the Fifth, and that's what she wears on awesome. the pink and the blue backings. She has one as well. Hers is on a bright yellow, almost a chartreuse colored silk backing. All right. And the person you're most likely to see wearing one is going to be Kate. Oh. So if you see Kate wearing on her sash, wearing a bright yellow ribbon with a portrait on it, that's Queen Elizabeth. I will look for that next time they come over. (laughs) We'll have some scotch. I have plenty of scotch. And maybe some princess cake. (sighs) Marzipan. I don't know how to make a princess cake. You can buy marzipan, can't you? Sure. I don't know. I mean, do they make it with real princesses? That's an intimidating one. Uh, I did, for the listeners at home, I did make a, a Swiss roll cake it was the other day. Delicious Swiss roll. Two delicious okay. Swiss rolls. The cake really had issues, but the recipe, I, I, I needed to find a better recipe. But otherwise, it was tasty. It was delicious. I mean, filled with chocolate and raspberry. Like, how can you go wrong? And whipped cream. Mm. I would like to give a shout out to queensjewelvault.blogspot.com and orderofsplendor.blogspot.com, which is where I get most of my information on the tiaras and the jewelry. Okay. And the show. Excellent. Thanks. Ding. Sure. And then on the plane back, Peter apologizes to Liz for all the press attention. Do you have a moment, Lilibet? Yes, of course. He wishes out loud that he and Margaret could have had some time together to spend. And he has this huge list of things that they would do in the 48 hours. that Swimming and drawing and <laughs> riding horses, writing letters to family members, snogging in the backseat. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. All of these things he will miss out on. There was a couple of interesting things that happened. So this weird conversation between GCT mm-hmm. and Queen Elizabeth right. was kind of weird. Right. And then the other one I wrote down, and I think you rewound for this, but I don't know if you saw it the second time. Philip right. is on the plane, too, by the way. Oh. Elizabeth catches him checking out one of the flight attendants. Oh, I did. I was wondering about that. And the reason I wondered is because that flight attendant was the most covered flight attendant I've ever seen in my life. She had a skirt down to her fucking ankles. She had long sleeves down to her wrists. She had buttons all the way up to her chin. I think her skirt wasn't that long. I think her calves were showing. Okay, maybe her calves were showing. But it's not like she was dressed seductively or anything i mean and the shirt was even kind of baggy on her she looked lovely yeah but i kind of had to question that is he really checking her out well and this is one of those things did it really happen oh well or are we just painting philip's character with oh of course we are we have no idea at this point yeah so i still i thought it was an interesting thing because he's got his gentleman's club that he's attending with frequency now. And you wonder where this is going to go. I'll tell you exactly where it's going to go. It's going to go off for the fucking weekend at the end of the show with a fucking half a case of champagne in the back of the convertible. What would you say if one of my buddies came over and picked me up and I just said, oh, by the way, I'm going to go party for the weekend with my pals. Well, it's the lunch club, Chris. Perfectly innocent. Yeah, it's the gentleman's lunch club. That's all we're going to do is have gentlemanly lunch. 
with all that champagne. Drink booze. Leave me some champagne and maybe well, no, I'll be I wouldn't okay do with that, that kind of thing. I, I know you awful. wouldn't. <laughs> but still, like it's so weird. Yeah, I would be a little pissy about that for sure. And, and rightly so. If if you just sprung it on me like that. Yeah. So the other interesting thing after the conversation that Townsend has with Liz, mm-hmm. you know, Tommy's still on the plane too, and Tommy has kind of made his case to Liz about what should be done with group captain Townsend. <laughs> right. So he goes and sits in his seat and then Elizabeth tells Tommy to, yes, please go ahead and take care of it. Right. Deal with it. Do what needs to be done. Yeah. So we get back to London and basically Tommy gives Townsend the boot TM. Like what? Three hour notice. Yeah. There's a car waiting for you. Following consultation with the government, the Foreign Office, and Her Majesty's Press Secretary, the decision's been taken to move forward your posting to Brussels with immediate effect. A car is waiting to take you first to your apartment where you will pack, and then directly to the airfield. The plane for Brussels leaves in just under three hours. There was some concern that that might not give you enough time, but I felt sure that as a military man, packing quickly and unsentimentally would come a second nature to you. But that isn't what was agreed. See ya. Go get your shit. (laughs) So he scribbles off a quick letter to Margaret. Right. Who was in... Rhodesia. Thank you. Where the Ridgebacks are. Oh. Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Isn't that what Monty was? Or is that a dragon from Harry Potter? I think both. Oh, okay. One of the two. (laughs) Do your own research. (laughs) Margaret, who is inexplicably wearing the same necklace that Elizabeth wore in Northern Ireland, which I haven't quite figured that out yet. Yeah, we didn't rewind all the way and check. I'll take your word for it. We didn't. Now, there may be there may be duplicates of it, not exact duplicates. The necklace is Queen Victoria's Golden Jubilee necklace made in 1887. The middle part is removable to wear as a brooch. Oh. Because the British are very practical. More than meets the eye. But I really think she was wearing the, like, I know Margaret was wearing that necklace. I'm very sure that in the show, the Queen was wearing the same necklace. It's it's interesting. In Ireland. That's something we have talked about with, with the jewelry. Uh-huh. Done so deliberately on right. this show. And that's why I'm second guessing myself. Because as well as they're doing it, I don't want it to be a screw up. Right. I want there to be a practical reason why that. I, I, you know, there's also the idea that sometimes like a production company could throw an error like this into a show on purpose. An intentional goof. Why Why would that be a thing? Because it's kind of like an Easter egg. Oh, well, then I won the prize. Exactly. Because then people who know, know. Okay. So she receives her letter from Peter. And then she has to make a phone call. And it probably takes twice as long to call from Rhodesia as it does from down the block. They made a big hairy deal about this phone call. They though. really did. She was pretty pissed. Yeah, she was. I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. So she's stuck in Rhodesia. And she's not going to get to see her boyfriend. And she's trying to sell imperialism to the black servants in the back of the room who are handing out drinks to all the white people seated in front of them. I don't know how long she was in Rhodesia, but there have been lots of newspapers Uh about Captain Townsend and yada, yada, yada. And so 
that's kind of it. Yeah. The last scene is cut back to what we we're talking about earlier. Philip leaving with his chum. Right. For the lunch mates weekend. And Elizabeth likes uh, likes getting filmed just walking down those long hallways, those long <laughs> corridors in the palaces. Yeah, the, to me, this episode really, really highlights the character development where Margaret is sort of impulsive and emotional mm-hmm. and Elizabeth cannot be that way. She has to be sovereign first. She has to put the country, the best interests of the country right. first, and then she can be Elizabeth. She has to be queen first. I do like it as character development. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more because I kind of I kind of get that Margaret is the emotional one. Elizabeth right. is the sort of stoic sovereign one. Is she that way because she has to be? I think so. And that's the impression I get from from her character. Mm-hmm. Like when they were at dinner, she wants to approve of Margaret's. Right. Mind, but it turns out she can't. Right. Because reasons. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. So I didn't look at what next week's episode's going to be. It'll be season one, episode seven, whatever that is. Um, We're doing 10 episodes this season. Oh, okay. So we're getting close to the end of the season. We're more than halfway through. More than halfway through. We're almost three quarters of the way through. What was your favorite part about the episode this week, Chris? Oh, what was my favorite part? Um, I wrote something down. Did I already talk about it? I did like that edit. I think that edit was probably my favorite part. That was pretty cool. The, the telephone. Oh, that was so fun. The telephone game. Like pick up a phone in one building Mm -hmm. and then it goes to the operator near that building. And then it goes to the next operator on the other side of the city. And then it goes to the operator in the next building. And then all of these people have to plug in you know unplug the the cords to get the call to go to the right place it's just amazing that to me as a technology person Mm -hmm. that all of this was done by hand right in the past right one thing that struck me was that in in the main terminal it was two rows rows and rows of women right but then as soon as you got to buckingham palace it was men. All men. And all men with like stately mustaches. Really good mustaches. Very butlery personas. What great mustaches. Yeah. Especially the the guy who got to call the queen. Yes. Or the queen's person. Right. Whoever's minding the queen. Who, whoever knows right where now. the queen is right now. Tag, you're it. Yeah. What about you? Did you have a favorite thing? I really liked getting to see Margaret a lot more in this episode. It was great to see her featured. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like her. I really like the actor that's playing her. I think she's doing a fantabulous job. I like the way she holds her cigarette when she's talking on the phone. Everything that this actor is doing seems to be very natural and She's she's playing the role of this, like the ultimate debutante very, very well. Right. And she's doing a great job. I completely agree with you. Yeah. So I really liked getting to know Margaret a little more and, and getting getting to see her portrayed. More, yeah. Uh, getting some of her story. Yeah. I liked this episode a lot. It was very it was almost very much ado about nothing. You know, it's like I don't 
I don't feel like marrying a divorcee is a huge scandal, but I recognize that it was right at the time, you know, but otherwise it's just very normal things, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing, not a huge conflict, just stuff going on. Right. Well, it was kind of, it was a huge conflict though. Well, I'm just, to me, my interpretation is that it's not hugely conflicting. It was just sort of scandal for scandal's sake, you know? Okay. Yeah, even Queen Elizabeth pointed out that, you know, she's like, we have kids now. Margaret is so far down the chain of ascension that it shouldn't matter who she marries or. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's not like she's going to be queen tomorrow or anything. So. All right, cool. Anything else you want to throw in? I don't think so. I think I covered all my notes. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was a fun episode. I like that episode. Good. Yeah. It's always fun to do this with you. So, uh, for now, I guess we'll thank Jenny Parrott for our theme song. Can we say intro and outro? I like saying that. Yeah, absolutely. So, thanks, Jenny Parrott, for our intro and outro. Our our theme music. (laughs) Our official podcast music. I guess it's theme music. You never get to use the word outro, though. Such a cool word. That's a good word. Thanks to all of you for listening. I guess we'll we'll talk next week, eh? Yes, we will. Be sure to recommend and rate us on your favorite podcatcher. Yeah, please. I guess that's it for this week, Chris. I guess so. God save the queen. God save the queen. Mwah. So on the spot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we do this like almost every week, though. Sometimes twice a week. Oh, what? A solid lightning bug. A firefly? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Yeah. That yeah. one was right close to the window. It's pretty. You're pretty. <laughs> Very informative. It was awesome. Also fair. He was a good guy. Still, Still is. is.